Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskan. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. 11 to 1. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. I hope you're keeping well. WhatsApp and text lines are open 086 1800 658. Here's the fine young cannibals kicking us up. Fine young cannibals. She drives me crazy on LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. Now, last week, the internet was up in arms over Spitgate. Now, it's up in arms over Pengate, it seems. What is this? If you haven't seen it, it's doing the rounds at the moment. It seems the new King of Britain, King Charles, is getting, well, he's kind of making a habit of it now, of getting flustered over pens. And I have to say, I can completely relate to him. I really can. So what's happened is, uh, recently, this was uh, he was in Hillsborough Castle in County Down, and uh, he was trying to sign a book, as you do, when the ink was dripping all over the place on him. Now, this comes after another pen-related incident on Saturday when he was kind of gesturing for this kind of an ornate holder to be taken away. Unnecessary. He doesn't need all these bells and whistles. He just wants a pen, for God's sake. And he was trying to sign it during a ceremony. So this apparently was back in place, this holder. And he just was going mad over it, which I can I can understand. He's trying to give his signature with a flourish and this ornate pen holder thingy is in his way. So there's a little bit of audio going around. I don't know who was videoing the, the king signing the book, but uh, there you go. It's out at the moment and um, he's he's not impressed with this pen at all. He can't bear it. He can't bear this bloody thing, this pen. So I've come up with some solutions to this pen problem that he might be having, right? Now look, it might look not look very regal, 
but could he use one of those, you know those click pens, they're blue, but they have like, say, red, blue, green, black, all in the one thing, you know those clicky ones? Could he use one of them? And he's different colours then, and he could keep it on him at all times, and it's not going to leak. It might not look very regal, but might just do the job. Um, could he sign all documents online? Because that's very handy. You can just use an automatic kind of, you know, those automated signature. No pen issues whatsoever. Could he be the first monarch to use a pencil? I mean, it just gets the job done just as well. Now, I know you'll have the pairing problem, but like if he had a well-sharpened pencil at all times, that might be better. Also, there's a lot to be said about a Bic Biro. I'm just going to say it, you know, there's a lot of things that you could say about a Bic Biro. Again, doesn't look so much regal, but it'll do the job. Stop with this fancy, dancy fountain pen dripping ink all over him. I mean, come on now. He has to go and shake hands with people. He's got ink all over his hands. I can understand all of this. I used to, I, I actually, <laughs> just reminding of the fountain pens. I remember the fountain pens in school. We used to think they were brilliant, but sure, like you put your arm down on your copy and the whole thing was smudged. Disaster. They are not good at all. All these fancy damn things. They're great to be given, you know, oh look, we get, let's get the king a, a fancy pen. No, the man needs a Bic Biro. Okay, none of this fancy stuff. Let the man sign his signature. God's sake. Anyway, the internet's all ablaze and a light over him and a pen. We've little to be doing, don't we? We've little to be doing. I mean, there's bigger things going on in the world. But we're talking about the fact that King Charles is having a figari over a pen. I And as I say, I relate to him. I can relate. I've had many an incident with a pen going everywhere. So, you know, get your act together, people. Just give him a big biro. That's all he needs. Lots to get through on the programme today. Ed Spock, talking about writing, actually. We're going to be chatting to Frances Flannery. Met her a couple of months ago. She is a publisher from Mead and she opened the doors of a publishing house with massive connections to James Joyce and Ulysses. It's called Leopold Bloom Press and she's going to be opening the doors. This is a 200 year old building. It's the first time in 100 years that it's been open to the public. She's going to be opening it on Culture Night and there's going to be a great night of literature and interesting stories about Joyce and connections to Ulysses and all of that happening. So we're going to be joining uh, Francis in the second half of the show. So that's going to be nice. And uh, we will be updating you on Culture Night as well. That is happening next Friday. A whole host of events happening all over the country, really. Dublin is going to be huge, huge events happening everywhere, but there are events locally as well. And it's all for free to appreciate the great culture and art and everything that we have on our doorstep. So I will keep you up to date with that as well. Now back to the music. Here's Anne-Marie. I will always remember love. Love. There's Anne-Marie bringing us back to 2002. There's a text coming in on 086-1800-658 that's bringing us right back. I forgot about this now. We were talking about alternatives that King Charles can use, you know, when signing documents. What about a feather and ink? Now, you see, that's just going to be... I mean, I see where you're going. It's quite regal with that. But also, like, what the paint... The, 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 the ink pot's going to go everywhere then. You know, he can't... He can't cope with all these flourishes. He just... He's, he's a simple at heart when it comes to this stuff. So feather and ink may not be the way to go. But I like your thinking. Thank you so much for that message. Uh, now, talking about feather and ink as well and writing, because I'm sure this man definitely used a quill or feather and ink. Shakespeare... Shakespeare is back in the news. I know. I mean, seriously. 
And uh, apparently this is going to shock people now about Shakespeare because according to new research that has come to light, William Shakespeare's not been all that honest. No, no, no. He's been taking all the glory for himself when it comes to his writing. I'm going to bring you that story. Plus, I have tickets to the opera. We're very cultured on this show. Shakespeare, opera, uh, <laughs> to give away as well. That's all coming your way after these. 11 to 1. It's competition time now on the show. We had uh, uh, one of the stars of the this opera on last week and it was brilliant. It's a uh, high octane triumph. Powerful and compelling. The First Child. It's a new opera by Donica Dennehy and Enda Walsh. It's a show not to be missed. Sarah Shine is the amazing soprano. That's who uh, is leading this and we were chatting to her last week. It's more than an opera. It's a 90-minute media experience. Brings together a sensational cast of opera singers, an actor, a dancer and a children's chorus to create a work that electrifies the senses. So the First Child Tour opens tonight in Solstice Arts Centre. We have a pair of tickets up for grabs. Would you like to go along? I'm going to keep it really simple. All you have to do is WhatsApp or text me the word child followed by your own details. Something different of a Wednesday night. Why not? Broaden your cultural horizons. Open your mind to this stuff. It's, uh, it's supposed to be absolutely brilliant. And as I say, these guys, Donica Dennehy and Enda Walsh, they, this is their last in the trilogy from them. And the first two operas that they have are, have just been hugely successful. So this is the first child. If you'd like to go along, just child, followed by your own details to 86 658 <laughs> oh, it's Herbie Kennedy, better days. Do you know what? I'm laughing here because a message has just popped in that's just made me laugh. We're talking about pens and the fact that uh, King Charles had a bit of a fluster over pens. Well, Richard Daly of Irish Pens and Calvin Gels <laughs> has been on on 086-1800-658. He says, we craft high-end writing pens in Irish woods. What the king needs is a rollerball. Gives the feel of a fountain pen, but much more flexible in use. And he <laughs> says, see our website, irishpens.ie. Now listen, that is a great uh, businessman there using that opportunity to advertise. I love that. Maybe we might have a chat with you, Richard Daly of Irish Pens. Loving that. <laughs> we were talking about pens and what could he use? You know what I mean? That's not going to get ink everywhere. We don't want any ornate, you know, decorations either. He doesn't like that either. I was recommending a Bic pen. Um, also, John Andrade says King Charles could nominate an aide to do the signing. Interesting, but also, you know, that's not really allowed, is it? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's forgery, really, John, is what you're saying there. But, you know, I get where you're coming from. He is king. Can he not just do whatever he wants? Is that what you're saying? Keep those coming in, by the way. 86 658 Now, I was talking about uh, William Shakespeare a little bit earlier on, and apparently I've got new information about old William Shakespeare has come to light. Up to a third of his plays may have been co-written by another author. I mean, seriously, he's claiming all the credit is essentially what's happening. Now, analysis of this writing, of his writing has suggested, so experts have long suspected the playwright collaborated on a number of projects and new methods are shedding light on how much this might have been the case. So the data reveals that plays uh, like Percules, um, Titus and uh, others have been co-written by George Peel and George Wilkins, respectively. Who are they? You're probably thinking, Exactly. You know what I mean? Others may have started uh, by other authors and then finished off by Shakespeare. So, for example, 
According to analysis, some of the earlier scenes uh, of uh, oh, sorry, I don't know what that's saying there. Uh, that's it's it's come off my page here. I, I'm missing a bit of print. I'm having a print. I'm having a King Charles moment with the ink on my page. Uh, me- measure for measure, there you go. Measure for measure was adapted by Thomas Middleton after Shakespeare's death, as was Macbeth. Okay, we know that, but there's no original unadapted version for the latter. So this is uh, the British Science Festival in Leicester, um, Professor. Gabriel Egan, he's from uh, De Montfort University, he said his analysis suggests Shakespeare may have written a lot more than previously thought, but added that some of what was thought to have been uh, written by him was not. So he suggested Shakespeare had in hand uh, 43 plays, 14 of those were co-authored. So he's a much more sociable writer than we thought, he said. He's not off on his own, you know what I mean, thinking uh, hard, like this lone bard idea that people might think of, you know. So he collaborated quite a lot. So he says... um. He uh, is very engaged with other writers as well. And he says uh, he might have, you know, actually working in the theatre, read other people's work, and in many cases sat with, down with them and said, let's do a play together. Um, so, you know, that's not sort of the model that, of sociability that we sort of learned as, as students studying Shakespeare. But using computer models, the researchers looked uh, at the use of function words like and and of and the in classic text to attribute specific writing styles and patterns to specific authors. So there you go. So, of course, it is Shakespeare but the distinct fingerprint of many other authors exists in Shakespeare's work so I'm kind of thinking that Shakespeare took all the credit there you go shocking stuff <laughs> we're, un- we're unearthing this morning about things uh, like uh, Shakespeare um, he said uh, it's a new discovery that they are co-authored. There's no external reason to think so. But of course, there are people who are very fond of their image of Shakespeare as the lone genius and don't like to think of some of his famous lines being written by somebody else. But you heard it here now. Shakespeare taking all the credit and the poor other authors. Who are, where are they? No credit for them at all, I tell you. Oh, come on, yeah. There's Ronan Keating, loving each day in LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, Van Tastival Festival is back so two days of great live music at this family friendly festival is happening at the weekend and I'm delighted to be joined now in studio we're going to chat to uh, members of Horizon they're a new band from RD and also Paul Campbell he's from Music Generation Loud he's very much supporting the guys as they make their debut at the festival we're going to chat to them after these 11 to 1 Bewley House in County Loud is the place to be this weekend as the annual Van Tastival Festival is back, bringing us two days of great live music at this family-friendly festival. And Music Generation Loud are delighted to be involved in the programme this year. They are showcasing the talents of a new five-piece pop rock group. They're called Horizon. They're from RD and they're going to be performing live on the Tobar stage this Friday. I'm delighted to be joined in studio now from uh, by Paul Campbell. He's from Music Generation Loud and also by Emmett Carroll and Luke Nolan who are part of Horizon how are we all getting on there guys doing great yeah. all good all good now I'm going to start with the, with the band first of all with yourself Luke and Emmett Van Tastival. I mean this is pretty exciting stuff you guys are opening that stage which is what we just realised in the ad break that you're, <laughs> you're opening this so how are you feeling what's the nerves level like um, we've, we've done it we did a comp the first time we ever worked together we, uh, we were doing a music competition and we started, we were the opening act, so we've a bit of uh, experience in opening, but um, I think this would be a bit different, but 
I think the scale is definitely a bit bigger this time. Yeah, around, definitely. So. <laughs> yeah. It is a bit different this time around, but no doubt you guys will absolutely nail it. You'll be brilliant. So tell me about the band because you guys have been involved in music generation, but you kind of you go went to school together as well. So how did the the band actually come about? Um, well, originally it, it was started by our drummer who uh, we we'd normally go to his house for any practices, but it was. Uh, him and two of the other lads got together and then they needed a a lead singer, which is me, which my English teacher and our other students, so he's the year below, he would have, uh, our teacher would have recommended me. So then I was in the band and then we needed another guitarist and me and Luke have been playing, we've been in the same music class for years, so I was going, Luke will do the job, he's he's very good, so we'll take him. And that's how it all came. And yeah. isn't it great that like teachers are supporting you through this this music endeavour. Nor- normally you don't hear of uh, teachers in school yeah. starting being the influence for starting off a, exactly. a rock pop band. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Like if, I, if me and Emmett had never done, like picked music as a subject in school, we never would have had this, you know, yeah, exactly. to play shows like Fantastical. Yeah. It, it allowed us to spend a lot of time together in that. It's it's nice being able to have someone that was with a lot of uh, in common just because of music and being able to spend each- so much time with each other was great. And that was because of music. And and tell me about the band then. So it's called Horizon. Uh, where did the name come from, or was it just one of those? Because look, coming up with a name for a band is probably the most head wrecking thing that you can do. Yeah, we're still like, yeah, we're, we're still, still debating. With each other yeah, over, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it was just uh, like when we we formed three years ago, and um, we were playing this uh, kind of battle of the bands kind of show, and we were just completely stuck for names. And uh, our drummer Dara and uh, Jamie and Owen, our other two players as well, just. They thought it was a decent enough name, and yeah. uh, we're kind of just stuck with it now. It was, it, it was, <laughs> it was a real last-minute thing, because we needed a name for the Battle of the Bands, and uh, some recommended that, and we're like, right, we'll just go with it, and it just ended up sticking kind of a thing. Okay. I think it's grown on all of us, though. Yeah. It's growing. It's look, it's out there now. You're after saying nothing yeah. radio. It's no going exactly. back. Oh, yeah, no going back now. But look, I think we're all content. Though. You're yeah. content enough with it. And tell us, what's, what's the musical style? Like, how would you describe your music? Because it's, it's mentioned here as kind of pop rock, but how would you guys describe it? It's kind of hard to define it. I think yeah. we have a bit of... We all have totally different influences. So yeah, I think it's, it's kind of grown a lot. Yeah, you'd for a while, when we joined the band, there was a bit of a divide because uh, Luke here would have been a lot into metal and then... I would have been more of a pop kind of a... Well, so see, we kind of... You do have a Danny from the script vibe about you a you little think, bit. Yeah, no, That's 100%. a good compliment. I was a ma- I still am a massive script fan. Oh, that's good. Uh, you see, uh, he has the look. He has the look. But Luke's into the metal. Like that. Uh, how does that work then in the band it, room? It found its way... Well, it started where it was very... We were very far apart. We kind of found our way into the middle. So now we're kind of rock kind of pop yeah, rock nice middle ground but, yeah. oh yeah the first year of the band was like <laughs> there, there was a divide yeah. Yeah. yeah there was at one point yeah, yeah. Like, move past it now you move you know. past it you have to you have to and yeah. in terms of songs is it all original stuff do you throw in the odd cover as well yeah well our set for the Van Tassel is uh, it's ten songs and six of the songs are original songs and then the rest the four are all covers Okay, very good. So you've got six of your own original. That's mm-hmm. that's amazing. So you guys are obviously into the to the songwriting aspect of it as well. Like, yeah. who comes up with the? Is it very collaborative, or do you come up with lyrics, or how does it work? It, it just depends. Yeah, it, it, like, it. I think Emmett's great for getting the backbone of a song, and then I think uh, you know the rest of us are really good at adding in. You know, yeah, exactly. Extra yeah, bits of fair. musical, you know, pieces just to. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd, I'd say I'd come with the foundation, and then it needs the everything to fill it in and make it sound. As as good as they turn out, and uh, 
so that's kind of done by the band. I'd be more of the foundation. Yeah, no, we're actually we're uh, releasing a song actually on Friday. Oh, I'd say it's, it's definitely our most uh, collaborative song we've done. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, so yeah. tell us about that. What's the single called, and where can we get it? It's called "Start of My Life," and you can get it on Spotify. Um, Apple Music pretty much anything, anything okay so that's happening all kicking off on Friday nice timing yeah. as well with Fantastical I'm going to bring Paul in who's waiting very patiently there at the side he's so proud of these guys Paul is from Music Generation Laid thank you so much for, for joining us as well Paul uh, tell us though about Music Generation Laid because you know we most people will know that you two basically came up with this concept and, and rolled it out nationwide so tell us about it and, and the work that you guys do so uh, Music Generation Laid it's an education service uh, which is main aim is to provide opportunities for children and young people throughout Louth. So, for example, I would have met Luke through our popular music programs throughout the years. So, Luke is taking guitar lessons, he's played in bands, played at various different events that we've run. I met Emmett through our uh, choral program, which was called Young Voices Loud. So, that was happening in 2019. Um, would have played at the FLA. Uh, we ran again concerts. So, it's very different. We offer different kind of opportunities. And again, so the lads formed a band outside of Music Gen, but I could help them through Music Gen to provide these opportunities or do workshops with them. Um, other things Music Generation do, we have our string orchestra, we have our trad orchestra, and my main job is to look after the popular music end of that. Um, but uh, there's been a real emergence of new bands coming out in the last year. So there's work, great work being done in the Boomerang Cafe in Drogheda. Oh, they are fantastic Absolutely, there. Yeah, yeah, they really are. So that's we're trying to complement that. So there's actually a few acts from the Boomerang Cafe also playing a Van Tassel on the acoustic stage. So one would be, um, I have the name here, sorry, uh, Daniel Armstrong. Yes. So he's fantastic. And then in Dundalk, there's the Youth Centre as well, who also were taking some acts from as well. So there's Rowan Murphy and uh, Kevon Brady from Dundalk. So it's great to see all these acts come together. So... Uh, for Music Generation we ran a stage in Dundalk at the Crinue Festival so these acts then played outside it was in the town centre my, my daughter went to that one in, in Dundalk actually okay. as, yeah, she's, she was mad and she goes to Boomerang as well but the this idea of you know you guys like like they're they're what you know they're just finished school they're 18 yeah. you know years of age and they're going to be playing at like a really big festival that must be so rewarding from your perspective Paul oh absolutely and like the lads are absolutely prepared for it um, so they were initially supposed to play it in 2020 so we're all gearing up for that and obviously that didn't happen so uh, it's just been great to have the opportunity to do it again now the lads are both heading off to college it's a great start for their music career uh, to be on a professional stage like that so yeah and I think it's fantastic and their material is great so I'm excited to hear them play yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. And just getting back to to music generation because you know we're in September now. A lot of people might be thinking, oh, I'd like to sign my kids up for for music lessons. I mean, the great thing about this is, and the whole ethos behind music generation is to provide music for all, isn't it? It's Absolutely, a, a, yeah. no, no matter in terms of your economic or whatever background you, you have. And you know, there's a lot of you know. I suppose that we're, we're hearing so much about the cost of living, you know, things like Music Generation. It's not about, you know, funding you guys. It's about sort of ensuring that the, the, the children are getting access to music, isn't it? Absolutely. So we just started a new range of courses, um, particularly age, aimed at younger age groups. So again, there'll be popular music bands. Uh, there'll be big classes in ukulele, keyboards, guitar. And so the idea is we're going to form little bands out of this. So in 10 years, we we'll back here, like the, the new acts. <laughs> yeah. But um, so they happen on Mondays in St. Oliver's in Drogheda. And then in Dundalk, we have our centre and we run our popular music classes on Wednesdays. Um, again, so they're all group classes and they're very affordable. Um, 
and then there's plenty of school programs so we do a lot of work uh, in St Albert's Community College in Dundalk and then various schools throughout Louth um, so yeah and there's a lot going on it's just there's a great start to the new the new term Oh yeah it really is and like the, you know when you see gigs opening up again there's a huge appetite for live music which is fantastic and you know fantastical now uh, this weekend before I let you go I have to ask is what so can people expect from the set like so what are you going to come out there first and do is it going to be the new single? No the the new single we're saving that for last Okay So um, the we're playing it starts it starts with our earlier stuff. It, it kind of goes through a progression of how we've developed as a band. It starts with the first ever song that we wrote, fast enough song, uh, and then it slowly dips down, gets a little bit more chilled out, and by the end of it, we've gotten as big as we can, and uh, it's it's good energy. It's it's great fun to play. Yeah, you can absolutely expect a massive like variety of yeah. know, different styles, and you know what we you know. Yeah, yeah. different you know styles we enjoy playing. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of because we were chatting as well before before the break about your you know career going forward, you're going to very much pursue the music. You're going yeah. into media, which I've tried to warn you against, Luke. But, <laughs> <laughs> but are, are you hoping that the band could be like I could be playing you here on on this system in another couple of years? Is that the hope? Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that's it's always been in our heads, kind of thing. Try and just see where it goes. Well, listen, the best to look. And, and Paul, I mean, you know, I've no doubt they'll do it. They really will. Absolutely. And they actually have another gig um, which has been organised by the Dundalk Youth Centre in the Spirit Store in Dundalk at 2pm. So that's another opportunity to see them. Oh, fantastic. When, Bates, is that happening? Uh, on Saturday. On Saturday. Yeah, OK, brilliant stuff. Well, guys, best to look with Fantastival. Best to look with everything coming, going forward. And thank you so much, all of you, you for joining us today. Thanks a million. Thanks a lot. You can catch the guys uh, Horizon on stage on Friday at Fantastival. Full details of the festival are on fantastival.ie and you can find out more about Music Generation, musicgeneration.ie as well. There's Mojo Lady. Wanted to say a birthday request from Michael Bissett. He's from Dunshocklin. Hope you're having a wonderful day. That's coming in from Bernie, Sheila and all the Bissett family. Hope you're having a fab day today, Michael. Now News at 12 is approaching and after that... We're going to be chatting to Frances Flannery. She's a publisher from Meath. She's opening the doors of her publishing house with connections to James Joyce as part of Culture Night. That's coming your way after 12. 11 to 1. Picture this unconditional kicking off our second hour. Sinead Brazel here with Till Till 1. If you missed it a little earlier on, we were talking about Britain's King Charles and his, you know his frustration over the lack of decent pens that he can use to write important documents. And I was given some solutions, you know what I mean, that he could uh, try. Uh, but <laughs> the very quick off, off the mark, Richard Daly from Irish Pens in Cavan and Kells got on to me. So I had to bring him on the show to have a chat about pens. How are you getting on, Richard? I'm great, Sinead, and yourself? I'm great, I'm great. Now, before we talk about yourself, uh, yeah. what, you're, you're kind of an expert in this area. You're dealing with pens all the time. So what pen should King Charles be using? Well, somebody like King Charles is on the go all the time and needs to whip a pen out to put a signature and to sign something very important. While he uses fountain pens, and their fountain pens are a fantastic pen. I know you said earlier on that they can be a bit temperamental, which they can be, but a fountain pen is a great pen. But really, for somebody like him, who needs to have a pen that will work every time, out of his pocket, no danger of a leak, he needs to use a roller a rollerball pen. Okay. And the reason, the difference between a rollerball and a ballpoint now, without 
the born the pants off people it is that the uh, the only difference is the ink that's inside the refill and in a rollerball the ink is kind of uh, is a water based uh, ink so it flows very well similar to an ink on a fountain pen and then in a ballpoint pen but the big ones that you were talking about earlier on they have an ink based ink so, or sorry uh, an oil based ink so they kind of tend to be uh, you can write on different types of paper yes. and even on a bit of plastic that kind of stuff but for King Charles without a doubt the rollerball will never let him down the rollerball he can't be going around with a big pen do you know what I mean like the, us mere peasants you know what I mean <laughs> he can't be doing that uh, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah. you know I was looking at the website there you guys are very unique now in the, the, the pen world because yeah. uh, your pens are made from uh, Irish wood isn't that right that's right yeah in, in 2014 I was made redundant from a big company now good news story it wasn't a bad news story I got well looked after as they say but we still had to do something to keep paying the bills so myself and my wife got together and we set up Irish pens and we um, have different components that we get from different people and then we turn Irish woods and bog oak and yew and and, uh, ordinary oak and things like that and we make the pens out of those woods so there's a great link to Ireland um, to the pens that we make uh, all handmade and we polish them ourselves and we assemble them ourselves and we post them out ourselves so it's just a husband and wife team in our early 60s now but it's just enjoying what we do every day like basically that's what we're at Well that's great that you're enjoying what you do but how yeah. is it being married to your business partner? I think you should ask her that now rather than asking <laughs> me that <laughs> One thing about the workshop is when I'm in the workshop I'm on my own <laughs> okay, that's all right then. You know what I mean? You need distance. You do need the distance. You know what I mean? So uh, someone someone suggested, and I think this is a fantastic idea for you, Richard, uh, tell the company to send Charles a box of pens. Who knows? You might get a permanent order. Now, if you were making a pen fit for a king, what sort of a pen would you be going for? Now, bear in mind, you know, he doesn't like ornate kind of, um, he doesn't like, you know, fuss. He needs yeah. to get at this pen quickly. Well, if a pen needs to be, you know, as they say, form follows function. It must look pretty and look well, but it has to has to work, obviously. And the pen we would send to him would be one of our, ro- our woodland rollerball range. Very simple. Now, the, the plating is very high end. It's rhodium and titanium, and it looks great, writes fabulous. Um, so that's the pen we'd send him. But you, you made a point earlier on about the big biros. Yeah. But you've you got to remember that in the U.S. alone, about four billion, not million, four billion big type biros go to landfill every year. This is it. And this is where you guys come in because you're very eco-sustainable. And I think this match with King Charles would be a match made in heaven because we all know how, you know, uh, how vocal he is about the climate and environment and everything. Absolutely, and you're right. So, because when you with our pens, you don't throw the pen out; you just replace the refill, oh. and that can go that can go to a recycling system. The, um, all the packaging we use is, is the, 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 the mailer is biodegradable. Everything is just wrapped up in in, in corrugated in a corrugated card. Now, the box itself is very pretty, but it's uh, it's all recyclable. And we also have a chap in Cavan who makes with us a solid oak box, which is an oh, Irish lovely. oak. So the box, everything is, is eco-friendly. That's what it needs to be because, uh, you know, we got we just moved recently from Cavan to Kells and the reason we made the move was to be closer to our grandchildren. Um, so the, the children are the future, the planet is the future. So play a little tiny part by just using a pen that you just use, retain, change the refill and not throw the whole pen in the bin.
I love that idea. So, have I got the cogs in motion? Are you going to send King Charles a pen, do you think? Uh, I most certainly will send him a pen because yes. I think he does need that little bit. He's had a, a big job kind of entrusted to him there now and he's every help he can get. So, we're going to put an Irish bog oak pen. Uh, and the, the bog oak came out of a place called Curtuff in Cavan. So, I'll be able to put that together and I'm going to post it on. Now, whether he ever gets to see it, I don't know. Listen, I have high <laughs> hopes for this. I have high <laughs> hopes for this that this pen will be in the hand of. King Charles signing all these amazing documents how incredible would that be for you guys that'd be unreal no, no, I'd love that no I have to say we, we have our president who's got a pen from ourselves oh, fanta- our, our, our Taoiseach has had a pen from ourselves as well um, so uh, yeah no we'd love to do that and, and we've actually had a couple of uh, senators in the US um, people have bought pens from us to give to them in the US as well so um, yeah no, we'd love to let people know that we're around we're just a small little husband and wife team but again as I say it doesn't take much to keep us going but we love what we do oh listen Richard, you're well used to adorning the hands of important people with pens. <laughs> I've no doubt we can make this happen. Thank you so, so much for chatting to you're me about your wonderful welcome. company. Thanks a million. Richard Daly there. He, you can find out more about them irishpens.ie. They have a gorgeous website there and you can email him richard at irishpens.ie. Watch this space. I predict now that King Charles is going to have a fantastic rollerball pen made exclusively by Richard in the coming future. And we'll have started the, 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 the ball in motion on this programme. We really will. Now let's see what else is happening in the world of celebrity. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Louise. Brendan Fraser has been explaining his physical transformation in The Whale. He describes what it took to make him look so overweight for the movie. Charlie carries some hundreds and hundreds of extra pounds in body weight. And to create that, we needed to start with costuming apparatus, makeup. And he would be uh, doing a, a scan, a 3D rendering, printing of that, a mold of that. And then more traditional applications that, you know, an actor gets up early we all drink a lot of coffee and look at YouTube videos and maybe I nap a bit and that's how it gets started. Christina Aguilera has unfollowed Britney Spears on Instagram. It's over a controversial post that body shamed the beautiful singer's backup dancers. The social media snub came shortly after Spears posted a lengthy caption on Monday afternoon that read in part, if I had Christina Aguilera's dancers, I would have looked extremely small. Whoopi Goldberg has been giving an update on Sister Act 3. She teases how it's so close to being completed. We're in it. We're we're so close, but it's, you know, when you have 9,000 people who have to okay it, it takes a little more time than you want, but it's coming. I've been trying to do this for six years, and I'd been told that no one was interested in saying it. It takes a minute for people to realize they should take their foot out of their mouth. Yeah. It's coming. We got to shoot it, but it's it's gonna it's happening. That's the buzz. I'm Louise. The buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Now, keeping with the writing theme on the programme, we're going to be chatting to Frances Flannery. She is from Navin. She set up her own publishing company. It's called Leopold Bloom Press and it has very strong links to Ulysses and to Joyce. And next week, as part of Culture Night, she's going to be opening the doors to the public, which is the first time in 100 years this has happened. So we're going to chat to Frances all about what's happening for Culture Night after these. 11 to 1. 
Next Friday, September 23rd, marks Culture Night, a national moment celebrating culture, creativity and the arts in towns, cities and villages around the country. Now, as part of the Culture Night celebrations, Irish author and founder of the Leopold Bloom Press, Francis Flannery from Navin, is opening the 200-year-old Joycean building to the public for a magical night of literature and Joycean history. Francis Flannery from Leopold Bloom Press joins me on the line to tell us more. How are you getting on, Francis? How are you, Sinead? I'm very well. Great to have you back on the programme. Now, fans of literature and Joyce particularly are going to find it fascinating that you've set up a publishing house in a very Joycean building. Tell me about number two, Grafton Street, first of all, and its connections to Joyce. Right. Well, the Leopold Bloom Press at 2 Grafton Street is opened from the former Yates and Sons Optician. So we're in the former Yates and Sons Opticians where James Joyce's iconic glasses came from. So those round glasses that we all associate with James Joyce, they're from our building. They were made and manufactured from our building for 100 years. And funny enough, just because I'm on LMFM, the family, the Yates family, came from Stamullen. Ah, very yeah, good. Where my, where my own family uh, in Mead hailed from. So in any case, uh, but also not unknown were the glasses from uh, that he wore, for, uh, that James Joyce wore uh, from Yates and Sons Opticians because back in the day there was a 20-foot sizable pair of glasses attached to our building where, where, where Leopold Bloombrand was Right, yes, yes. Of course, James Joyce would have seen those like everyone else did and they were the most famous opticians and instrument makers in Ireland. And they actually made instruments for Trinity, predating Trinity's physics department. But that's another story. We'll focus on his opticians aspect of it. Uh, Basically, the glasses from there, uh, or they made glasses for 100 years anyway, and we are opening that building up this culture night from 8pm to midnight. So culture night, 23rd of September, you can come in, you can look around and you can meet the fabulous Dr. Cleo Hannaway Oakley from Bristol University, a scholar of Joycean history who has come up with an incredible link which links the opticians directly, Yates and Sons, to Ulysses. In fact, her research says that if you know about James Joyce's sight problems, you can read Ulysses in a whole new way. Well, that so is really um, fascinating news to me because like many people, I struggled to read the tome that is Ulysses in college. But now that I kind of have maybe this perspective, I could see it in a different light. So can you give us even a, a little taster of what she has uncovered with regards to this? Absolutely. So basically, if you've ever read Ulysses, one of the staggering pieces of kind of uh, technical literature that Joyce uses is that he strings words together in a row. So he might say something like, we'll be that, you know, we'll be that altogether. He doesn't actually put in any sort of uh, breaks in the middle of the the words. So that is thought to be or proven to be, I do believe, from uh, Dr. Cleo Hannaway's Oakley's research at Bristol University, an attempt to freeze time, not just in the stream of consciousness as he did freeze the 16th of June 1904, the day he met Nora, but... He also froze how he could see the page, perhaps, as he was looking at it because of his sight problems. So when you see them words strung together like that, that's just how James Joyce was seeing it and recording how he felt, how he saw his physical sense of sight. And, you know, so that's one of the things, as I understand, that she's actually proven through her research. So it's a pretty incredible thing. In any case, the sight theme takes on new legs because uh, a pair of glasses from the Leopold Bloom 
or it was made at Yates and Sons opticians recently sold for 15,000 euros wow. in Ireland for auction okay now that brings us on to something else that's just about how much it costs us as a press to make a new writer come from obscurity and get them onto the bookshelves through you know promotion marketing editing everything else and the first book that we have produced is called Writing Man. Now, I will be signing, I've actually written that book and funded that whole thing myself. So to get the press off the ground, mm-hmm. to bring the press through its whole, uh, to bring one book or our first book as an example through its entirety. So I'll be signing copies of that on Culture Night. So get down to the Leopold Bloom Press and meet me on Culture Night, get a signed copy, put it away in the safe. Because being a first edition of the Leopold Green yes. Press that the former Yates and Sons opticians as mentioned in Ulysses signed on Ulysses and Tendry's Culture Night 22, exactly 100 years later, this may well be worth something of a fortune. In oh, the now that's very interesting. That is very interesting. So as you say, your first edition and this complete historic reference to, to the building and the fact that, as you say, this is going to be opened for the first time in 100 years, which is pretty impressive. So that is something that you want to be locking away. An ideal uh, gift, by the way, for people uh, who might be, you know, very interested in literature, first editions, Joyce, all of that as well. Um, you know, and, and this is, I mean, this, you know, you owning the, 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 the or setting up the Leopold Bloom Press and, and securing this building, there's a lot of serendipity involved in this, isn't there? Huge amounts. I mean, there's absolutely huge amounts. I mean, the, the, the fact that my family would be sort of uh, poets and writers from me, the Mead Chronicle, Kamein and Woodall, you know, Cassidy's would be mine. That's just one part of the story. But it, it, it wasn't even an area I, w- I really concentrated on in my writing. It, it came to me and, and, and in many ways it does seem that there's a lot of serendipity in it. But a prudent move is to get a copy of that, namely not to bl- blow my own trumpet about the book, but it has been getting rave reviews in the examiner and all of the critics seem to be getting behind it. Uh, it's 15 years on the night it's signed so it won't break the bank but if you get a copy for your nieces your nephews all your aunties and uncles and your grannies <laughs> you'll be working your way through the thousand copies it's a limited edition each one is signed in numbers there's a thousand copies going and that will raise hugely valuable you know money to make the next writer I've funded as I say everything pretty much myself in getting this off the ground through yeah because my, you, yeah. you know all too well like it's so difficult you know getting to, to a publisher and getting your work seen so this is at the ethos of what you're doing there with the with the publishing house you're very much supporting the writer so you're 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 trying to kind of keep that going through through the publishing house Absolutely. And the Leopold Bloom Press is a new concept press. So imagine a publishing press, Sinead, where you, the, the, the ordinary person on the street, and not, not that you are, because I know you write and do all sorts, but just the ordinary person on the street gets to have a say about the books that make it to publication. Mm. So it's really where dynamic, fresh new voices, uh, which are often overlooked by the established hierarchy, are welcomed. And diversity and equality is, in, you know, an innovation or celebrated. That's what we're about. That's the future of publishing, we believe. And it's our vision how we aim to do it is we aim to it, it, we're currently building our book talk community on TikTok just one channel also on Instagram but the people on book talk as you probably know there's 3 million people on book talk who read books and share their ideas and we are going to hook up with those people to ultimately give us re- return and feedback on the books that we ultimately you know publish so yeah. that before they even get published they're actually kind of reviewed by real people so it's really about making the human uh, the human side of literature come back 
in. So the elitist aspect of it is not really what it's about, even though we do have an, you know, it's been an opportunity that I merely feel was, okay, I worked very hard, but I do feel there was serendipity and it came to me. So I do want to hand back everything uh, as much as I can to... um, to, to to people because it yeah. is the people who bring it together so the elitist times of publishing are over and we're sort of helping to put a, a hand acting part in the fact of a more human approach where real people get to review the books and real people then really ultimately make a big uh, impact on what goes to publication of course as a business which I am a businesswoman, uh, that is perfect sense to me because it means that uh, these books are already tried and tested yes. so when we, what we do with the books then like for example the book I've written Rising Man that first edition for 15 years that could be worth an absolute fortune <laughs> come the one we were talking about the like of that book that gets a bit of a a bit of a you know a exposure in Ireland and it gets a thousand copies out and it gets publicity it gets the writer found it gets all through all those things that we do then it goes over with all that behind it it goes to the UK or it goes to Europe and as a publisher I say listen lads this has done this it's had this sort of a review it's had this sort of feedback this, what do you think? And it's much more likely that a bigger publisher like yes, Bloomsbury or Penguin or somebody after that has pulling new voices into the bigger arena where they would nearly find it almost impossible unless, you know, without some sort of connection or some kind of marketing uh, expertise or whatever to get there. So that's that's the human side of what we are doing or what the Leopold Bloom Press is trying to put that, the H into human and say that the James yeah. Joyce who was a real humanist. Back and, 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 and it, you know, it, it, it's very much tying into James Joyce as well because people might be surprised to hear that Ulysses was rejected by publishers and this kind of t- ties back in because uh, there's a lot of women who are behind the scenes uh, who are integral to getting Ulysses published and this is something that you've incorporated as well into Leopold Press. Well that's the incredible story is as well. I mean as I say serendipity seems to be a funny thing for me to be involved as as a woman who you know is is doing this but there's a ton of other women from start to end. They say behind every man is a great woman. Well James Joyce had at least three great women behind him. We all know about Nora Barnacle his wife who he devoted uh, really the book to, as we were talking about, he slowed down time, including his eyesight, to try and freeze the day he met her, 16th of June, 1904. But also there were other women. There was Sylvia Beach, who was an American woman, who famously published Ulysses, even though she, it was banned in America. Yeah. She had never published a book a day in her life as well. So she undertook that massive thing. And um, by visiting the Leopold Bloom Press, or even indeed looking on our Instagram, you will see a photo of this gorgeous pink neon lit installation devoted to Sylvia, which is pretty flashy, I must say. So have a little look at that one. And then also another woman who, you know, is less known or is not as well known, Harriet Shaw Weaver. She's a woman who actually bankrolled James Joyce. Wow. And she dedicated herself to protecting writers from the censorship of the day of the 1920s. She was an avid socialist and feminist. And having first saved the magazine, which later became known as The Egoist, which we all know, Harriet Shaw Weaver through Ezra Pound and WB Yeats came into contact with James Joyce in 1914. And uh, uh, when the egoist began to serialise the portrait, a portrait of the artist of the young man. So she yes. actually, uh, just, you know, she really helped him that way. But also she donated funds to him secretly. So she didn't, he didn't even know who they were from and later directly enough to get him through the tough times and on to write Ulysses. So, so that's they, another they believed in him. They, woman. they really did. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like an absolutely great way to engage in culture night. It's, it's going to be a great event. Do people just show up or would you rather people book a place? Because I know all this stuff for culture night is free. Yes. 
you just show up and or well we'd rather if you go on to Eventbrite we'll have a rough idea you know we can yeah. engage who, how many people so if you just go on to Eventbrite and grab a ticket there another opportunity you can make a little donation on Eventbrite if you want or just come in we will have somebody on the door and uh, you know looking after people so you can just come in as I say and send in somebody to pick up you know 20 copies of uh, Riding Man one for the niece and nephew the uncle <laughs> granddad and the whole lot of the face as I said but, but there's, lots, there's a lot of other stuff going on as well this, this week we have an incredible as I was talking there about the Harriet uh, Shaw Weaver that woman who bankrolled um, James Joyce uh, this weekend she will actually be in Dublin I will be meeting up with her so uh, women together are still making it happen for Ulysses and keeping the dream alive and this Ulysses weekend the Culture Night weekend uh, that great generosity of spirit continues we have a coterie of Joycean women in Dublin as well as all uh, the, the, the other great women around the country who have done so much we have Susan Leyburn of the Ulysses Project in Sweeney's Pharmacy we have Doreena Gallagher of the James Joyce Centre Dr Cleo Hannaway Oakley, Oakley of Bristol who's coming over as I mentioned myself from the Leopold Bloom Press and we all have the pleasure of meeting the grand niece of the original woman who Wow, that's amazing her, her name is also Harriet Weaver as well so she's actually called after her great aunt and she will be in Dublin as well so hopefully she'll come into the Leopold Bloom Press and we'll be able to show her around and, uh, But that'd be pretty, yeah. pretty amazing for her Francis, yeah. I've no doubt it's going to be a great success best of luck with this and with the book and everything going forward thank you so, so much for joining me yeah. today Always a pleasure, Sinead, and we talk to you again soon. All the best. Thanks a million. Francis Flannery there to Grafton Street. That's where they are. Leopold Bloom Press. It's a night of literature and Joycean history. It's on Friday, the 23rd of June. You can just show up, but you can find out all the details on Eventbrite as well. 11 to 1. There's Hot House Flowers, Don't Go, and LMFM's 11 to 1. Last call for the competition it's uh, the first child it's a 90 minute media experience but it's a it's more than an opera they're saying but it is the new opera by Dunica Dennehy and Enda Walsh it is performing tonight in the Solstice Arts Centre we've a pair of tickets up for grabs we're just asking you to WhatsApp or message the word child followed by your details to 086 1800 658 so we'll give uh, another little time on that and we'll get a winner for that very very shortly now it's time for this LMFM Job Search with thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie. Murphy Brothers of Forkill are looking for full-time shop assistants to work in their busy store. It's an immediate start. Full training is provided. You can apply with your CV to murphybrosforkill at gmail.com. Darver Castle are looking for a housekeeping manager and a bar manager. To apply, please email accounts at darvercastle.ie. MIPS requires a fourth year apprentice plumber in the Meath area. To apply, please email tina.sheeran at mips.ie. Home Instead are recruiting new and experienced caregivers in your area. For details, check out careers.homeinstead.ie. The Central Bar and Restaurant in Navantown are currently hiring highly motivated, experienced individuals for door security, barista and wait staff. They're also currently hiring experienced wait staff in their sister restaurant, The Bective in Kells. Please send your CV to debbie at thecentral.ie. And don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. Elton John, Britney Spears, Hold Me Closer on LMFM's 11 to 1. Going to take a quick break, but we're back with the script. 11 to 1. LMFM.
There's a script with the last time and LMFM's 11 to 1. That is almost our lot on the show, but I can say that Mary and McGreck, sorry, Anne McGreck, you're in Marion Park in Drada. You're going along to the first child in Solstice Arts Centre tonight. Do enjoy that. That is our lot on the show for today. Thank you so much for your company as always. We leave you with the Human League. Have a great Wednesday. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 087 660 4237. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.